Hey everybody, it's John Voorhees. We're at the Mac Stories Lounge interview series again, and with me today is Matt Reese of Riverfold Software. Hi, Matt. Hello, good to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about a, a couple of different things. I mean, you've been at WWC without a ticket like me this week. <laughs> um, what have you been up to? Um, you know, it's still staying busy somehow, even uh-huh. without a ticket. I thought I would go to AltConf. I went there Monday morning. I haven't been able to go to as many sessions as I thought because I've been uh, doing a little work and a little podcasting and other events, but uh, it's been good. It's been busy enough. Yeah, I went to the, um, I saw the State of the Union over at AltConf, but I haven't been back either because I've been doing this. Right. <laughs> um, I know you're working on a microblogging platform. Could you tell me a little bit more about how that works and kind of where you are in the process? Sure. So I've been thinking a lot and working on this for maybe a year, thinking about you know, if you remember the kind of earlier days of blogging, where blogging was actually really popular, and we we got away from that a little bit because Twitter and Facebook took over. And right. I was thinking, you know, why did that happen? Like, why are they so popular? And one of the reasons is they're just easier to use. They're easier for people to get started. Mm-hmm. Blogging is still too difficult. Uh, and so I've been thinking about taking some of the ideas that are successful in social networks, like the you know the timeline experience, mm-hmm. and the like, just completely. Easy to easy to post, easy, easy to get your thoughts out there. Take some of those ideas and bring them back to some of the nice things about blogging, like having your own domain name, controlling your own content. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been working on a platform that is uh, along those lines, kind of a half social network, half new blog publishing platform. And uh, so it's been that's been fun. Been working on that a lot. And it's a multi. I guess multi-headed beast in a sense because you've got you're working on apps as well as a, a web app, right? Yeah, that's right. So it's kind of you launch something like that, it has to work across everything people want, I think. Right. And so it's a web service, it's an API, it's a it's a web app, and it's an iPhone app, and hopefully Mac app. Uh, I have a Mac app in the works, but you know, just a matter of whether I can get everything done. That's just me. Mm-hmm. So how does it work in terms of like if you want to follow someone's microblog, will the app be able to follow mul- multiple uh, blogs at one time, or how does it how does it work that it, way? Exactly. Yeah. So if you can think about like a Twitter-like timeline experience, but based on the open web, based on blogs and RSS, uh, mm-hmm. something. I mean, it's not a new idea. A lot of people have thought about doing something like this, something that's like Twitter but more open. And we've had some steps in the right direction. And I don't know if I've cracked it or not, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm working on. Okay, that sounds really interesting. Um, and so you have a, an iOS app in development for that? Yep. Okay. Yep. iOS app, and uh, pretty pretty simple. Okay. Uh, iOS app, Mac app, like I said, I've, I've been tinkering with. The core part of the experience is really a web app, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you think about just the, the kind of the model for the system that I'm trying to build, the web is kind of the first thing. Like, you know, you subscribe on the web. Right. Um, you know, if there's a free aspect, there's a paid aspect. The paid aspect is like Stripe and just, it's more of a traditional web app okay. than, than something that's, you start on the iPhone and you're only on the iPhone. Now then is the publishing just from within your app or are there other ways to publish to the platform? There's other ways to, yeah, it's, it's as open as I, as I can make it. So you can yeah. publish uh, directly from my app. Um, I support uh, different blogging APIs, so you can use like MarsEdit and mm-hmm. you know other, hopefully, other apps like that, and plug into it. There's actually a lot of activity right now in uh, the Indie Web Camp uh, mm-hmm. community, and uh, they've been working on a couple proposals that have now been adopted by the W3C. Is uh, I think proposals or recommendations for new standards for blogging. Okay. Um, so there's uh, one called. Um, I'm drawing a blank on that. <laughs> what they're called, um, micro pub, maybe. And, what and, kind of things and, do they do? So you know, like new, basically modernizing um, publishing to blogs, okay. modernizing um, 
things like if, if in the old blog days you had things like trackbacks where you could notify right. other blogs when you posted something, modernizing that kind of stuff. Uh, so they have a format called Web Mention that is starting to uh, get some traction. And I'm excited to follow that community and, and support everything they kind of uh, come up with. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. So um, did you see anything in the keynote or that, that interests you in terms of you know, things that might be intriguing to you in your development of the, the apps down the road? Yeah, I'm still trying to uh, figure out how it all fits together. I think the, the message stuff, the iMessage stuff seems, and the Siri uh, API seems the most relevant to something I could hook into. Mm -hmm. um, for the most part, like I watch the keynote, I'm almost more as a user than a mm -hmm. developer. I have certainly had a couple things I was hoping for. The nice thing about the way Apple actually, I mean, we can kind of complain that every year they give us so much and it's hard to keep up with. But yeah. the nice thing is that it, you know, every year there is basically four platforms, you know, that right. new uh, APIs and new features are coming out on. And so my expectations are really just a couple things, you know, make the watch faster and they check mm -hmm. that off. And um, uh, let's see some more stuff with the Mac. And I was expecting a good year for the Mac. And I think we got that. Yep. Um, and so everything else was kind of a bonus. So all the new right. iOS APIs. And, um, and everything I'm excited to see. Yeah, I thought the extension points were interesting. That they're starting, that you know, Apple's starting to open up access to some of their standard apps that are that are system apps. I mean, that, that could be that could be really useful to people. I think it's going to be good, and I think there's an opportunity for developers, especially you know, you look at iMessage as an example. The fact that it has a little app store built into the app, allowing right. you to uh, to just if you're especially if you're there on day one with something that people want, whether it's some silly sticker pack or something that's yep. uh, you know more featureful. Um, people are going to find and discover your app that maybe they wouldn't be able to otherwise. And I, Apple seems to consciously be thinking about that, especially the, as they kind of underscore the viral nature of sharing. You know, if I use an app to share something with you in iMessage, you get a link to download the app. Uh, yeah, they seem to be thinking about sharing a lot more because they've got that 3D touch feature, which I know a lot of people don't like, but it does allow you to share an app directly from the home screen, mm -hmm. which, you know, the more people can get their apps out there, the better, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course, my uh, favorite iPhone is the iPhone SE, which has no 3D yes, touch, no, that's, I a, know. that's okay. <laughs> well, it's hard with the um, with the beta because, you know, you, most of the uh, devices that support 3D touch, they're all the new devices, so it's for most people, it's, you know, they're, they're only phone and you don't want to really put that beta one except I don't right. want to put it on my phone at this yeah. point. Yeah, I came out here to the conference this time without my Mac for the first time. Uh -huh. So I have my iPad Pro, my big iPad Pro with the keyboard, I've got my phone and I think it was a good decision, but it has some side effects. I mean, it was good in that it allows me to not do too much work. Not, mm -hmm. There's only so many things I can do from the iPad. I can do a little podcasting, I can do writing, I can do email. I can do chat, but I can't work in Xcode. And, right. and that's been good to kind of take a break from that, but it's been bad in that I, if I did want to install all this stuff, you know, I'm kind of limited. If I did want to play with the new Xcode, I, I need to wait until I'm back home. I think it took us seven hours to get the beta downloaded okay. here at the hotel. <laughs> okay. So, you know, you'd be wasting your time watching the, the, right. uh, the, the remaining time go yeah. up and down. Yeah. But So how's the iPad Pro been for you since you've been here? I love it. I, I got into kind of a routine this year of... Working out of the house, I work at home, I've worked home at home a long time, kind of getting out of the house at least part of the day just with the iPad Pro and, mm -hmm. and it allowed me to like force myself to write more and, and do things that were not just Xcode, not just right. programming eight hours a day because I, uh, you know, we talked already about blogging and obviously I'm, I'm passionate about that and that's the kind of thing you sometimes have to make time for. It doesn't matter yeah. how easy it is or if the software makes it easier and, and faster and more effortless, like you still need to like carve out a little time right. to exactly. do it. And so I found that having the iPad Pro, especially with the keyboard, uh, 
really transformed it into a really nice, lightweight, you know, computer for writing. And Yeah, you know. I found the same thing because I've been carrying it back. I live in the suburbs of Chicago and I've been commuting, I commute into the city and I found, you know, I've been doing that for weeks carrying the iPad Pro and then mm -hmm. I brought my 15-inch MacBook one day and it's like, oh, this thing's really heavy, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I love the, I love the iPad. I'm really... I'm really hopeful about it, and even even since the very first uh, first iPad that came out, like my one of my first iOS apps that I that I shipped as an independent developer was uh -huh. iPad only at the beginning, just because I thought it was a really exciting platform. And yeah. you know, it's easy to say it hasn't quite lived up to the potential, but I think it's getting there. I yeah, mean, I think it is slowly. It was a little disappointing not to see a lot of announcements that were iPad specific, but then again, we did just get all the things with the Pro, so it's yep. maybe a little little early to expect even more. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Well, um, I wanted to ask you about Swift Playgrounds a little bit too. Have you looked? Have you? Did you see the keynote about the the app that they've got for the iPad? I, I've seen. I saw the keynote. What do you think of that? I, it looks great. I, I haven't played with it myself, but I looked over someone's shoulder as they were <laughs> doing it, and uh, it it seems it seems great. I mean, I think you know, there's so many people coming to. It's hard to believe, actually, because we had so many people coming to the platform mm -hmm. as you know, new Apple developers when the iPhone came out and took right. off. And it's funny to think that there's still so much potential for a whole other round of developers coming. And yeah. I think Swift does. Uh, you know, I can I can kind of complain and nitpick about some things with Swift sometimes, and I and I do, and I'll probably continue to do that. But it does bring new people to the platform, uh, people that for one reason or another. Either they're younger and they just haven't started a program, or they they just uh, didn't didn't feel like Objective-C and the frameworks as they existed um, when they last looked were right, and this is a new opportunity. Everybody's starting, you know, right. as of two years ago, I guess, but still, it's still kind of new. Everybody's starting. Yeah, it is very um, with a new language. And I haven't really dove into it myself, <laughs> so, I'm, but I'm so. thinking with three, I might actually start dipping my toe a little bit three more. Is, three might be the time, yeah. Yeah, now it, it also seems to me that it's a nice transition for especially kids moving from, who maybe in school are using iPads and things, to move, start learning how to code even before they're ready or want to get onto a, a, you know, a Mac, so. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like a great way to just kind of play around with things. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, the, uh, there's the hour of code. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's what they call like the, every year that you know they get like kids to actually have like an hour during school, and it's not just kids and not just schools. But I know in particular, I remember a couple years ago um, at uh, at my son's school they did this, and you know they just everybody gets a computer or whatever for an hour, and they learn how to program basically. Yeah. Um, and I think these kind of you know if you especially when you have an iPad in all these classrooms, um, it's just if you could expose kids to this stuff. Uh, earlier and more fun, more interactive, allow people to kind of play with this and, and see if yeah. it's right for them. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's also kind of nice how they've, they've, they've built into it the ability to have other people, you know, third parties author content for it. So it's not necessarily just going to be for kids, but there'll be some more um, advanced stuff, which, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing some of that and trying it out. And then... I mean, I could probably use a lot of this, let's be honest. I mean, yeah. I, I'm still, I've, I'm working on a Swift project now, but I still have a long way to go and, and things I can learn, so I should probably I should probably play around with this. Yeah. So, um, getting back to writing for a minute, what what are you using in terms of apps and things to to do your writing? So, um, my when I'm talking about writing, it's mostly if we think about blogging. It's yep. uh, my blog is now WordPress. Okay. Uh, it switched over uh, maybe a year or two ago, and so one of the reasons I did that is so I could use a lot of different types of tools, just because mm -hmm. it's so common and standard. For the most part, I use editorial to do writing. The actual um, writing, yeah. Uh, on the iPhone and the iPad. Um, 
on the Mac, I use Ulysses, um, and I sync everything, no matter what I'm using, I sync everything via Dropbox so that okay. I can pick up a draft or yeah, I, wherever I, you are, wherever I am. I generally, you know, I'll jot down some ideas or I'll write a full draft of something and then you know, it'll sync everywhere and I can edit it and then I'll finally get around to publishing it. And I'll either publish it directly on the iPhone, I use the WordPress app, I'll use Marzet on the Mac or mm-hmm. a mix of different things. But most of the writing in terms of iOS uh, is editorial. Yeah, that's a great app. I mean, have you have you looked at Ulysses on the iPad or you know iPhone? It's pretty interesting. I, it's very similar to the Mac. Yeah. Uh, so I really like the Mac version, and I I really like what they've done on the iPhone too. The iPad, and I bought it immediately actually because I heard you know people that were on the beta had such great things to say. I think I need to wait until they have full Dropbox support. Yeah, no, I know that is yeah. an issue if you're a Dropbox user. Yeah, if you if you want to stick with iCloud, I think it's great. But it, I really like all my text documents on Dropbox. Mm-hmm. So I have like a notes folder in Dropbox where everything goes, like not yeah. just draft blog posts, but like everything I have. You know, notes about WWDC, things I'm planning to do, ideas for apps, you know, whatever. Um, And I like that it all is on Dropbox, that it's not like this opaque, you can't really tell where the files are. These Mm -hmm. are just text files. I can get to them, I can back them up. Yeah, so that's that's important to me. Open them however you want and whatever app you want, and they're all the same. Yeah, no, that, exactly. that makes a lot of sense. One thing that we've been doing at Mac Stories is using a, an app called um, Working Copy, which mm-hmm. is a GitHub uh, app. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually using GitHub to to store and do versioning of the stuff we work on, which is pretty neat because then we can you know integrate it with Slack. And so if I finish something and post it up, then there's an alert. Federico knows it's done, then he goes and edits it, and I pull back down. I mean, it works really well, even though it's probably, GitHub is probably more tool, you know, gets probably more tool than you need for writing, but um, the the, the developer's done a really good job of um, doing uh, syntax highlighting for Markdown. So, you know, you get a really good versioning and and understand exactly what's changed. That's great. Yeah, 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 and I I think especially for multiple people authoring on the same thing, I mean, why not have full version control? Yeah. uh, yeah, so I mean, I and uh, getting to your Markdown, you know, comment, I mean, I use Markdown for everything, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I don't have a lot, things aren't really automated that much, I still sometimes are copying and pasting things back and forth. I also have, I use Workflow a little bit, um, so I have, for posting photos, I have a kind of post to Instagram, run a thing oh, sure. that, um, that posts to my blog and creates a blog post, and so I use Workflow for some of that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, you know, going back to your microblogging platform for a minute, I know you were thinking of doing a Kickstarter related to that. Um, what, what's that all about? So the idea I had was, uh, it's actually kind of, in a way, difficult to have a Kickstarter for like a software project. Like right. some people do it and they can pull it off, but Kickstarter tends to be better for, you know, art projects or books or, you know, real things. You're making some gadget yeah. uh, or something. Uh, but as I've been working on this and blogging about, uh, the concept of like independent microblogging. I get a lot of questions from people, you know, like how do I set this up or what should I do? Or, and I thought, you know, why don't I write something? Why don't I write a book about independent microblogging? Um, collect a lot of things I've already written on my blog, a lot of new things, tutorials, uh, a lot of lessons learned from building this platform. Mm-hmm. And I would put it out as a Kickstarter, uh, as like an ebook uh, with some different options. And it would be a, a way for people to get a kind of sneak peek. They get beta access to the okay. app. They would get, um, you know, the book, and I could kind of slowly launch uh, this over like a 30-day period. I mean, mm-hmm. I still I've launched a lot of software products, but I still I have that fear of like when it actually launches. You know, yeah. is it going to be people hate it? Is it going to work? And so right. the 30-day period 
seemed like a nice solution to allow me to kind of ramp it up. Yeah, um, right, ease into it. And plus, having a book like that, I think it would be good marketing for the, the platform itself. I mean, really get people more interested in it. I hope so, I hope so. Yeah. And because there's a there's a, a pretty big backend component to this, right? Web mm-hmm. services and, and a web app and you know, it's publishing engine and all this kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, I I can't exactly just flip a switch and have it scale from nothing to you know a ton of people. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, I will never have that problem. There will never be a ton of people. But with with launching it as slowly like this, mm-hmm. I can guarantee that I won't have any scaling problems at right. least for the first thirty days. Right. Well, that's good. Well, man, I want to thank you for kind of being here and doing this interview with us. I really enjoyed enjoyed myself, and I uh, I wish you luck on your project. Thanks very much. It's right. great, great to talk to you. All right. Thanks, man. Bye.